0: Well, good afternoon, everybody. Episode 19 of Saul Searching, the Saul Recruitment Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Saul. I have the lovely Danny Tarmati here. How are you, Danny? I'm
1: well, thanks, Darren. Thanks for
0: the invite. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Now, for everybody out there, today's show is going to be about fly-in, fly-out people and employment in the mining and resources sectors. Now, obviously being an it recruiter i know absolutely nothing about the mining and resources sectors and what it means to be a fly in fly out employee or worker so i'm fascinated to get into this detail and content with danny and learn more about that whole side of the industry but before i do i'll give everybody a little rundown into who danny is so as a high profile recruitment career development human resources and oh professional Danny's passion is people as well as employment opportunities in the mining and resources sectors. Danny has remained involved with, been employed by, and lived remotely in this thriving industry for the past 26 plus years in roles such as regional manager, mining and resources, group HR and recruitment manager, area manager, as well as branch manager and recruitment consultant for several companies predominantly based in the Pilbara of Western Australia. She has worked on iron ore and gold mine sites, both in a fly-in, fly-out capacity and residential, which have given her a true understanding of on-site employment and the skills and qualifications necessary for such positions. Since relocating from the Pilbara in late December 2010, Danny now resides in the beautiful Perth Hills with her husband, Ricky, and her four children, Jake, Tain, Sienna, and Kale. In 2012, Danny established the Resources Hub, which is a nationally recognized multi-award winning consultancy, which provides career, talent, and recruitment advice and support within the resources industries, including civil, construction, mining, and oil and gas. So welcome again, Danny. How are you? (laughs) you i'm
1: great how are you
0: well very well thank you it's been a great uh, great morning i've been pretty busy had a nice weekend nice um so yeah kind of getting into it for the week but i am fascinated you have done a hell of a lot you have been everywhere yes,
1: but mind you i have been doing a hell of a lot in a what i now see as a lengthy time frame so yep. um yep. i suppose to give you a bit of background i started in the mining and resources sector when i was 21 i worked um fly in fly out so I was 13 weeks away three weeks home was my roster and I flew to a tiny tiny little satellite mine really it wasn't much there underground mine site in the Pilbara um just out of Port Hedland so it was a a flight to Port Hedland and then a three-hour drive to site so that was my introduction to the industry and I haven't looked back
0: Love it. and now just tell us a bit more about Pilbara region because I don't know much about it
1: oh look it's Once you live and once you work in that region, it's certainly, you know, red dust gets in your veins, that's for sure. So I really do miss it. And I get a bit jealous when my husband gets to fly away every two weeks and get up there for work. So um, I was really looking forward to going back to Parabadoo actually in November. But unfortunately, timelining and COVID, uh, that's now been postponed until mid next year, which isn't so bad because it would be about sort of, you know, 45 to 50 degree heat.
0: Wow, oh I'm kind of looking
1: forward to June when it would be sort of 28 wow. to 32. So yeah.
0: How how long to drive from Perth to Pilbara? Uh,
1: so when we lived in panawanica it was around about a 14 hour drive, and when we Ooh. moved to Parabadu, that's further inland, so that was about a 16
0: hour straight through. Wow, so it's really in the desert. Remote, yeah, <laughs> really remote. Yeah. Fantastic. So obviously you've done lots of stuff in that working in that industry, and then you've kind of moved and started off your own business. Tell us a bit about some of the highlights in that time. I'd love to kind of get into the mindset of working as a fly-in, fly-out employee, the mining and resources. Yeah, sure. So I started life
1: as a FIFO worker and then I moved residential actually. So I lived residentially in the Pilbara for 14 years, which is wow. where he and I had um, our little bambinos, which Aww. aren't little anymore. <laughs> um, and then I, we, yeah, as you said, we relocated back to Perth. So I was really fortunate. I had a role with Drake International back in the day yep. when we were living in Panawanica and I was um, a temp with them and then they sort of needed a recruitment consultant in town and they said, look, you know, we know that Jake's only six months old, so he's 21 now. Um, we know he's six months old. We know that you still want to work up on site. Um, will you become a recruiter for us? And we'll have the branch in Caratha which was two hours away, to support you. So that's how wow. I got involved in recruitment. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, back in 2010, we relocated to Perth and hubby got a FIFO job. So we've never, as a family, been a FIFO family before.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he actually worked in the city for about 18 months before he took a a role with BHP. So he was with Rio for a long time and now he works on an eight and six roster. He did do a two and two during COVID, which was interesting because wow. he's yeah. never done that sort of roster before. Um, yeah, look, it's, FIFO is not for everybody and I certainly don't recommend it for everybody. And I think there's certain times in your life that it's more suited than others. Um, like for instance, you know, we lived residential when our kids were really young. So they went to school they had us at home all the time. Um, I don't know if I would want to go down that path with four young children under the age of seven, but you know, with young adults and teens, I suppose it's a lot easier um, for me to you know, sort of manage, if, that's, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because it, it, is, it is very different, isn't it, working as a FIFO worker? I'd love to kind of, what's, what's life like raising I'm a family? Fine. As, you know, juggling as a FIFA worker. Must have a you know hell of a lot of logistics and organisation.
1: <laughs> Lots of balls in the air at all times. Um, I just actually messaged my son and said, can you pick up the kids from school? Because, you know, he's got a yeah. licence, you know, and he's oh, at home. So, yeah. Um, I suppose, like I mentioned, it's not for everyone, but... If you've got a set routine, and if you keep that set routine when your partner comes home, I think that's really important. You know, there's a lot of people, and I'm involved in a lot of groups and pages and stuff like that. They really struggle when their parent with it, when their um, partners come home because it kind of can disrupt the norm or the norm yeah. that you've created on behalf of your family. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know, for us, Hubby and I still go out and date nights. We have oh, dinner nice. around kitchen table um Jake our eldest now lives out of home so he and his girlfriend come up on Sundays like we've got a pretty set routine I think and that's really important obviously we missed out on certain things like birthdays and hubby's working away Christmas again this year which will be his fourth Christmas away but that's his choice like he says you know we don't have little babies that want to wake up to Santa um you know having been there the night before so Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a different scenario now that they're older but yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, we've most likely got three of our four children that, well, our eldest is almost about to finish his apprenticeship. So he will definitely either go fly in, fly out, I would imagine initially, and then potentially residential. Wow. Um, and then our second eldest is going for an interview tomorrow for a traineeship. So that will be FIFO. And our youngest, Cale, who's only 14, wants to be a diesel fitter. So as soon as he's good to go, he's, he's out of here. It's
0: amazing. It's like me, you know, me listening to this. I'm like a city boy, you know, from Sydney. So me listening to all this, it's like, it's really like, wow, this is a whole new world, you know.
1: It is. It is a new world, and like I said, it's not for everyone, but it's a fantastic industry to be involved in. There's so much potential out there. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough as a career development consultancy a lot of our clients come in here going oh you know I want to drive a dump truck and it's like the <laughs> love of god there's so much more to life than that um, plus most of them are going autonomous anyhow so you can, yep. you're doing yourself out of a job um, you know so we sort of work with our clients and and suggest to them alternative career pathways in the industry that they might not ever have considered before because they just haven't been exposed to that That's you know right. what that yeah. looks like
0: absolutely and and what are the i mean obviously it's very um specific to the to the role but what are the general hours like like is it a normal work day or how oh it no
1: so uh 12 to 14 hours is your pretty much your your generalist hours if you're working a construction site so construction site rosters uh, tend to be longer so you're working on a three and one or a four and one or a yeah. 26 and nine or something like that, um, you potentially could be working 10 hours and then every second Sunday, you have to have that day off, but that's paid yeah. as a fatigue, not a fatigue, I can't remember the term that they yeah. use now. Um, if you, yeah, like that. Um, if you're working in a production environment, so that's obviously, you know, the, the mine site's gone from construction to production, then you're generally working a 12 to 13 hour shift. But, you know, interestingly enough, when we're living in the Pilbara, The closest town was 80 kilometres away. So, if we didn't have accommodation in Parabadou, our contractors were having to stay in Tom Price, and that's like an additional hour travel um, put on to your day. So, they're they're very long days and very hot, very dusty, dry. You know, it's it's certainly an interesting um, area to work in.
0: Fascinating, fascinating. And do you still get time to, you know, have your breaks, make your phone calls, or is it just go, go, go the whole time?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you do. And look, companies, I mean, I've been involved in almost 27 years. Um, There's a lot of initiatives that have been implemented throughout that time to give people breaks and stuff like that. I know when we were in Paribidu, and I think they're still running it now, uh, we used to have what we call mothers' clubs. So there'd be this whole group of mums who would put their kids into daycare and they'd come in and they'd work like a four or six hour shift during the time that their kids would be at school and or daycare. Oh, yep. And they'd do coverage of trucks so that the trucks wouldn't stop so production was still occurring. Um, you know, there's lots of different, like I said, initiatives that are out there yeah. to make sure that um yeah, that that iron ore is still getting ripped out of the ground and being sent to where it needs to be sent to.
0: Incredible. And I can imagine that the the culture would be something really close knit and you'd really get to know a lot of your peers and colleagues because you'd see them regularly all the time on similar contracts and, yeah. you know, it's, and you'd start to become friends because of how you, where you work.
1: So you it must become be really family. Close it. Yeah,
0: family. some become amazing.
1: family. Like, my kids have got surrogate aunties and uncles spread yeah. throughout, oh, nice. you know, WA. Um, interestingly enough, I was speaking to a brand-new client yesterday. And it's a Sunday, and I was at my mum's house, and she was saying to me, darling, you're taking a phone call on a Sunday. I go, mum, mine never stops. Like, can't just, you know, not take a phone call. But this particular um, well, coordinator, is, um, I mentioned to him that he works in a similar industry to my husband and he said, yeah, yeah, I know your husband. He interviewed me back in 2013. Yeah. I thought, well, there you go, like two degrees of separation. I've never wow. spoken to this guy before, but he obviously knows, you know, who we are. And WA is very much like that. Like everybody knows everybody. Um, Fascinating. But yeah, it is very much, you know, my kids have got surrogate grandparents that they grew up with in Panawonica and yeah, they, they will be in their life forever.
0: Wow, and were there obviously before COVID time? Were there lots of you know um, often you know parties and get-togethers and little functions where everybody got together regularly to catch up and
1: definitely. You know, so like we have a, we have a Panawonica reunion generally every year. Yeah, uh, we try and get together, and we've got a group of friends. So we moved from Panawonica to Paravado, and then that's a separate group of people. But because you're all in mining, you all sort of mingle anyhow. Especially if you, there's two degrees of separation amongst you. Um, so then we might, you know, catch up with our. Par- in fact, I'm catching up with my girlfriends from Parabody this weekend. We're having a girls' weekend. So, I'm oh, to that. oh,
0: how cool! It sounds like such a such a really cool little subculture that I just had known nothing about, but yeah, fascinating. You
1: know, I suppose it is. I've never really considered it like that, yeah. but it it's a community. You know, it's a, yeah, community, it's a community within community. a community, really. Okay. And yeah, people become. More than just friends, you you know, and and uh, you know when people move on, um, generally, you know, y- you might go with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I can imagine people would stay in in these roles a long time because you become part of that fibre, and it's like a family, as you say, and yeah. you know, you all kind of just there together, and it's more than just a job, so you oh, end up, definitely you know, it's much more than, more than just a job.
1: job. It's a culture, and it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's amazing, yeah, fantastic.
0: Um, and Obviously, so you now do a lot of work recruiting in the mining and resources sectors. You started up your own company called the Resources Hub in 2012. Yeah. Um, tell us more about that. And I'd love to find out more about the nuances recruiting in that sector compared to other sectors. Well,
1: now it's a really interesting time with border closures. We're finding Mm. that's, um, you know, limiting our talent pool. But I suppose the consultancy isn't just based on recruitment. So ideally, we want, you know, people that are interested in the industry um, to have a positive experience when coming into mining. Yep. Um, And having the support structure there, I think, is really important because there are a lot of, like you said, nuances to the industry, support around families and partners and people that are away, you know, often mining companies and contract service companies in this industry have um, primarily worked with the employees and not necessarily with the families. And it's yeah. us that are left behind for those, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on some pages at the moment and there's some women that haven't seen their husbands since March because they've been away because of the border closures, they simply can't get back. So um, uh, we, I suppose we grab and we have done since I set the business up, we've looked at it as a holistic consultancy around um, what rosters, what remuneration, you know, we've seen the ebbs and flows. We've seen the changes in pay rates. We've seen the changes in rosters. Yeah, seen lots of changes throughout our time. And we benchmark those to give our clients a, Bit more clarity around what they need to work with and the parameters that they need to work within, and you know, our advice of what's literally happening in the industry to make, um, you know, informed decisions within their own organization.
0: And that's actually a fascinating point you mentioned before, like, I, you know, just dawned on me because as a recruiter, you know, I work in a different sector, and you know, obviously, there's always consideration for the family and the partners of the potential employee, but. In the mining and resourcing sector the you would have to have so much support and um, information to help them that employee make a decision because he or she is not just making a decision for himself or herself no. making that he or she's making that decision for the whole it's family
1: decision well interestingly enough when have got tapped on the shoulder and you know suggested to move across to bhp and he'd been with rio for 14 years mm. we sat down with the kids and Jake would have been nine, Tane would have been seven, Sienna would have been six, and Cal would have been four. Yeah. And we actually had a family discussion. Look, Dad will start to go fly and fly out if you're all in agreement with this. And yeah. you know, we need to, you to understand that we're not um, we're not going back to the Pilbara, we're not going back home as they used to say. Yeah. I mean, they're so used to their Perth lifestyle now, anyhow. I can't imagine that they unless they take it upon themselves, like I said, our elders might do. Yeah. But um yeah, there there is a lot to consider. It's not the money. It's not just the roster. It's it's the whole kit and caboodle. It's the and lifestyle,
0: the whole lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and that's where I think there's some amazing companies out there that get it, um, you know, that get it and get it, do it really well. And there's some others that really need to, I suppose, have. What I've found is that they need to have a third party such as us come in yep. and look at what their current scenario is because a lot of the time employees and candidates will talk to us candidly more so than they will to their own employer Definitely. because there is no need for them not to. you yep. know we' we're, we're removed. Yeah, so yeah. therefore you know they're sort of opening up to us and and really telling us detailed, data-driven information that is essential for employees, sorry, for employers moving forward.
0: Yeah, and when you go back, so you obviously work almost like an HR consultant by proxy to the HR department. And when you go back and consult with them, do they take on board generally what you're saying?
1: Yeah, we're working with a client at the moment and they're amazing to work with because they're so open-minded to what's happening and there's a few, obviously, we've all seen huge changes this year. We've all had to revert and, you know, most of us have had to make redundancies and things like that. We've actually personally grown in our um, consultancy, which is fabulous. Wow, fantastic. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, working with clients like that, eyes wide open, it's just a breath of fresh air. And, and I think, you know, we, we have lots of conversations with different clients and if they just don't get it or yeah. they haven't quite understood the message, it's not worth, us pursuing because you know they're just going to do what they've always done and they're going to have the same results and and let's face it, Darren, you know recruitment has ja- changed so dramatically.
0: Oh, it's constantly changing.
1: Twenty plus years that I've been involved in it, so yeah, um, yeah, I think you know people need to be a little bit more flexible and
0: definitely
1: and open and open to change. Really,
0: well I mean, I've been in it twenty over twenty years now, and my God, when I first started in recruitment, we used to we had one fax in the middle of the room. And we all used to take turns faxing that resume to a client or we'd get the courier to come and do it. We'd walk it. You know, my God, have things changed from a technical point of view and even from a, um, you know, methodology point of view and a candidate shortage point of view and everything else. My God, how things have changed. It's
1: not, you know, to me, recruitment's not CV flicking. If, If somebody wants to do that, knock yourself out, you know, build your KPIs and make sure you tick every box. But it's, for us, it's very much about, like I said, it needs to be a, a position suitable to the candidate and we need to negotiate that with a client. We had a meeting this morning with um, two of our clients that we are currently got a few roles on with. Yeah. And yeah. it was great because there's complete transparency across the board. You know, we're trying to do the best we can. We're trying to source the right people. I mean, the last time we actually physically placed an add-on seat was back in 2018. So we wow. did work through community um, referrals, all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And we've got an amazing relationship with our candidates who end up turning around and becoming our clients anyhow.
0: Incredible. Is, do you use social media heavily?
1: Massively. That's yeah. I've, I've built this business on social media. We've got 13,000 organic people in our page and that's since about mid mid to late 2013 so yeah and then last year we created a group and we've already got 20,000 people on that so wow
0: i can can, can only imagine that that would be such a powerful force working in that sector and in that culturally driven um you know community driven environment and, and workforce
1: yeah it's um you know it's about no like and trust too, isn't it? So if you, you know, I've seen a few recruitment agencies recently just pop up out of nowhere and it's like, oh yeah, okay, you work in mining, great. Do you, you, know, have, <laughs> you know what a big plant looks like? Have you physically seen, yeah. uh, you know, a lee bear crane? Have you, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like all of that sort of stuff is, yeah, yeah kind of. That's,
0: that's actually really a really good question. I mean, do you have to have worked in the, you know, physically in the mining and resources sector to really recruit in that sector?
1: I think it's definitely to your advantage. So in my team, um, Jo has worked in construction, civils, oil and gas, mining. She's worked in Australia. She's worked in Africa. She's worked yeah, FIFO right. herself. Her husband's oil and gas scaffolder, rigger. Yeah. She knows yeah. what that takes. Yeah. Hayley yeah. has um, a partner who works in emergency services. Her husband who works in emergency services. She came in brand new to the industry, well, sorry, to recruitment at the beginning yeah. of the year, and yeah, she will be very soon promoted to a recruitment consultant because she's just so good and all my clients one client came in here today after having a meeting with me saying i just need to go and meet the team because they're just so awesome they you know i never have to worry that site mobilization forms are done or um you know there's follow-up with certificates or medicals are booked or you know everything kind of flows so We're very much hands-on here. Isabel's just started with us. Uh, So that's exciting. She comes from a career development, HR and recruitment background a bit like me. So she's a bit of an all-rounder. So we're really looking forward to her, um, you know, getting used to the industry because she's never worked in mining herself. Um, And then I have consultants that come in to provide support around HR and OSH and that sort of thing too when we need it.
0: Don't have any fly-in, fly-out consultants? I'm only joking. (laughs) can do no <laughs> it sounds like, sounds like there's yeah. a lot of paperwork involved as well because you've got there's so many cr- ticks and checks to you know and certifications to keep on um, yeah uh, so well
1: interestingly enough. enough um one of the very first things that i invested in when i set the business up was a really decent robust recruitment system because I'd worked with the likes of Fast Track, which did my head in, and a few others. Um, so all of our life lives in our well, it's an it's an all in one really. We run our email campaigns. We're having another breakfast on Friday, so we'll manage um, all of that information through our system. We've got a CRM. We've got you know recruitment, the whole lot. So yeah, kind of ties in nicely.
0: Ah, oh, well, and and I mean, I'd love to know what are there any particular. <laughs> challenges or nuances recruiting for people in that space? Are there, you know, as opposed to others? What would would you say are the key things?
1: You know, there's times where clients will ask for specific um, inductions. So for instance, if we're mobilizing electricians to BHP, they need to have BHP inductions, they need to be inducted, they need to have had site, they need to have block holder, they need to have first isolation, all these other ones. Um, Medicals, we do some pretty stringent um, medicals on people to ensure that they're fit for work. Um, What else? Well, obviously your qualifications.
0: Insurance is probably that kind of thing.
1: Our insurance is mental um, because, you know, undergrounds obviously tends to be a little bit more um, risky than open cart. So, yeah, there's lots of different scenarios, but... Like I said, I've been in the industry for 27 years, so I can't imagine placing hairdressers in hairdressing salons because it's not <laughs> <what> it <does.
0: laughs> That's fantastic. And, I mean, how has COVID affected you guys? Not so much to the business, but the industry in general.
1: Oh, massively. So, um, April, we basically lost all of our contract workforce, which was, you know, okay. pretty drastic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was time to... I suppose, readjust and and look at what was important. And um, so the business, which we're currently in the boardroom at the moment, uh, moved to home offices and we managed the process through that. So we had some jobs in Africa and we had a few jobs, uh, perm jobs that we were working with, with a client in the Pilbara, which were, yeah, like I said, perm, so they weren't contract. Um, But obviously having that huge chunk of contract workforce basically disappear overnight was pretty like oh god here we go here we go again and i'm all for reinvention like i love challenge for me it's like bring it on you know (laughs) let's let's see where we go um so that that was april may we came back to the office sort of end of may and we have not stopped since and we've just been getting busier but the interesting i suppose challenge at the moment is We have some clients who are more than prepared and understand that training and development has been lackluster during that um, real downturn in our our industry and that individuals have had to take it upon themselves to train and develop if they've wanted career advancement. Whereas now we're finding that clients are quite happy um, to have that conversation and upskill, say, light vehicle mechanics into a heavy duty diesel mechanic um, sort of role obviously with the training involved so yeah we we have been um definitely affected pay rates are increasing rosters are changing um you know all of a sudden there's lurks and perks being thrown in front of anyone and everyone just for retention more so than anything i think
0: Yeah,
1: yeah yeah um so it is a real sort of game changer but I think it will start to settle down. I can't see it settling down any time soon. But it, you know, we we go through these readjustments constantly. You know, mining is so cyclical. We go through yeah. ebbs and flows all the time. So when a downturn hits, all these people, you know, sort of, it's like a mass exodus out of the mining and resources sector. But then you've got this group of people that are really, really interested to become involved, and they want to give it a, a red hot go. Awesome. So sometimes you need to look at the individual and the skills that they can bring and mold them into certain positions I think that's really important as we grow again as an industry
0: yeah and as you mentioned before people come to you and they're not even sure what opportunities they might be suitable for so it's up to you to kind of guide them a little bit
1: absolutely yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah, fantastic and you must have seen it all all the ups and downs in the last 20 years I mean my god
1: I've been through four (laughs) downturns. By far, this one was the worst. But, you know, now all of a sudden, we're in this really interesting space. I mean, we're bloody fortunate to be living in WA. You know, we're still kind of pubs and clubs and and acting like nothing is an issue over here, really. And we've been certainly very fortunate because God forbid COVID gets into a mine site and that would just change the dynamics of everything. so I think we're all very mindful of that and, and very, uh, I suppose, appreciative that we, that we have what we have.
0: And there must be very strong um, practices and precautions in place and controls to make sure that this doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. Well, Hubby guys for a COVID test every now and then. And I just, I had to go with him once and I just watched and I was like yeah that's not actually going to happen to me unless I
0: absolutely positively have to it's not very pleasant yeah
1: it's not pleasant Uh, it's not the (laughs) nicest of things from the looks
0: of it oh wow Danny fantastic and I mean I'd love to just tell us tell us a bit more about the resources hub and you know if there's any and how we can actually find you and it sounds like you work globally as well is that right
1: yeah, we do, which oh, um, is exciting. I've, I've placed people overseas previously in, you know, in my in my previous life, but it was really exciting to get picked up by um, actually an old friend who was a neighbour in Panawinaka all those years ago and, um, yeah, said to us, look, we need these people and can you find them? And it was a really hard gig, I must admit. It wasn't easy, but, we, um, yeah, so we took that under our belt. But I suppose... Um, I I worked in a very major international uh, recruitment company, and they had lots of, or they had several different arms to their business. And at first, I was really kind of, I suppose, um, what's the word? I wasn't quite sure why one arm wasn't talking to the other arm and how they weren't all working together. And I'm an extremely collaborative person. And um, so I had this idea one night when I was working for this major and I just had enough. I had five GMs in six months and I was like, you know what, if we're in the business of people, we ain't doing it right. Yeah. And so knocked that on the head and set the hub up. And I set it up just as the downturn was happening. So I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> I, don't, I, I say to people now, I think I'm unemployable. I don't know if anybody would actually want me full time in, um, in their business. So, yeah, so I set it up around the whole career development, recruitment, talent management model, um, which I saw as a way moving forward. I think you and I both agree that, the agency is dead, you know. The typical recruitment agency model of you've got a contract desk, you've got a temp desk, oh, sorry, contract temp slash perm desk, that's it. It's yep. it's, it's done and dusted. We, we just, we simply cannot work like that anymore. So over the years, I've created um, some reports, some really interesting data-driven reports around, like I said, rosters, remunerations. I started to see a bit of a spike in 2018 of... Um, the information that was being fed to us via candidates and pay rates were starting to shift and that sort of thing so you know as i mentioned to you before being that consultative um person in the industry who also has physically lived and worked in the industry too i think is a really good point of difference so we try and help our candidates and our clients as best we can you know um all the time we, we're open we're transparent and we're at the end of a of a phone call
0: awesome awesome and what's the best way to contact you just your website w- yeah website
1: um on linkedin uh, facebook twitter instagram we're all over the shop
0: everywhere social media gurus i love it yeah i love i
1: love a bit of marketing i love a bit of social media <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. I wasn't in recruitment, I'd
0: be in that. Ask Mark Pierce, It's still a yeah? absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Mark and I have a good chat about marketing and sales and social media and all that all the time. I love it. Yeah,
1: he's a
0: legend. Uh, well done. Well, Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and learning a little bit more about your, slight, your subculture of an industry and your subculture yeah. of a, a lifestyle, which is fascinating to me. Like, makes me want to come and spend some time there and just see what, what happens.
1: Yeah, well, you know, do yourself a favor. When the border's open, come and have a visit. Yeah, come
0: and check it's pretty it out. It'll be
1: amazing. I'm off to Kalgoorlie for diggers and dealers in a few weeks, and I'm really looking forward to that. So oh, that's fun. that's like a, a whole other, um, you know, a whole other subculture in itself that's more underground than it is um, open-cut. So different type of mining, different type of commodities. So it's,
0: yeah. it's like got a
1: Got
0: to be it. Absolutely. But it's been an absolute pleasure. And I always like to ask my guests at the end of the show, Anything that you want to leave us in terms of any messages for the uh, recruitment industry, messages for the mining and resources sector, anything that comes to mind?
1: Oh, look, as a recruiter, just, I suppose, um, be authentic, be yourself. Don't try and, you know, to me, KPIs are gone and dead and dusted. Um, I think it's all about personable relationships will make you an amazing recruiter. Um, and in the mining and resources sector if you've always had a keen interest or you want to transition from a different industry reach out to people who can assist you with that because there are so many opportunities and we're getting to the stage where you know we need talent and we need talent now and like I said before companies are are recognizing that that slight shift you know if somebody's got 70 percent um of skills that would be suitable to a role in mining, I'm pretty certain if they don't jump on them somebody else is going to fairly soon. Yeah.
0: Uh, I can imagine it. Like it sounds like it's quite candidate short, like in most other sectors as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: seems to be the story of our lives lately. <laughs> <laughs> I know,
1: right? <laughs> but we wouldn't have it any other way, would we too it otherwise
0: too easy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well thank you so much, Danny. Absolute pleasure. All the audience out there, I hope you learnt something and I hope Danny's uh you know giving you some great insight into the industry and if you're looking to recruit in that industry please contact danny from the resources hub and her team yeah uh, everybody have a fantastic day and we'll see you very soon for another episode and uh, bye for now thanks again danny
1: thanks darren